It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hey friends, welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Nordland and today we are going to catch up with Big Sandy Montana farmer and U.S. Senator John Tester. We're going to talk quite a bit about the Quality Loss Assurance Program and what needs to be added to that to help out grain producers along with the H-2A Guest Worker Program. In addition, issues that are dealing with broadband access and finally talking about climate announcements by the Biden administration and the Keystone XL Pipeline will also be discussed. Don't go away. We'll be joined by U.S. Senator John tester right after these words as a montana farm bureau member you have access to a lot of valuable benefits now you can have your savings on the go with the farm bureau member benefits app the app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with granger case ih choice hotels john deere and more plus with the app your membership card is on your phone for easy access it's free download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau, we care for the country. All righty, friends, joining us as promised is U.S. Senator John Tester from Big Sandy, Montana. Um, Senator Tester, it's a little warmer here in Montana today that the wind picked up. It was about 30 degrees here in Bozeman, but it has been a little bit colder. Uh, how are things out in the Beltway here today? Well, it's it's chilly here. It's actually colder, I think, in D.C. than it is in Montana, which is, uh, I think, kind of unfortunate. Uh, I don't uh, speak for the whole state, but I can tell you North Central Montana could use a little water. We're uh, we're pretty dry, and I think that is pretty typical of the whole state, and uh, and hopefully that'll happen. I mean, uh, look, uh, open winters are really nice, but uh, oftentimes we pay a price the next summer. But uh, but it's Montana, you know. Uh, uh, it's uh, Montana's been very good to us in production agriculture for a long, long time, and uh, and hopefully uh, the weather will give us enough moisture to be able to survive another year. Well, you know that that weather can be a double-edged sword. Uh, we, we always need moisture, but sometimes we receive too much of it, or wind, or what, whatever it may be. And and of course, we have seen some weather damage uh, back 2018, 2019, especially up in the northeast part of Montana. And you and I have discussed this before, uh, working with uh, USDA to make sure that producers uh, qualify for disaster assistance. And whether that's the WIP Plus program or this uh, uh, recently announced quality loss uh, program. But uh, we are happy to hear producers are going to be included in this new QLA program, but not all, um, I guess, uh, parts of the commodities are being covered. Can you maybe share what is being left out and what you would like FSA to do? What I'd like FSA to do is, is get those farmers in northeastern Montana in particular, because they're the ones that receive too much moisture during harvest, and it, it put their wheat down to a point. In some, way, in some cases, it wasn't even feed wheat uh, worthy. And, and anybody involved in agriculture knows that feed wheat is the lowest cost wheat there is out there. And so farmers were getting hammered. And that's why I put $1.5 billion in the WIP Plus program to be able to give the quality loss assurance some dollars to be able to make those folks able to stay in business. There is a, I'm going to call it a technicality, uh, it depends on your view, but uh, the, the FSA has said, you know, unless we have the test that shows it feed wheat, in other words, uh, send in the sample, get the grade back, and it says feed wheat, we're not going to support that. I think that's fine, except for the fact that if you have feed wheat, it's feed wheat, and there's no reason to get it tested. It's going to go to feed hogs or cattle or whatever, and the price is going to show that. So, what I hope the FSA does is take a look at that price. 
if they're getting full market price for number one, then they probably don't deserve the the the, the, the payment. But these folks aren't. Uh, they're get, they're getting a price that is much much less, much much less, and and it's indicated by the 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 settlement statement, which everybody gets. And so uh, I'm just telling the FSA, you know. Instead of making folks jump through all these hoops, just use a little common sense. Just take a look at the price they got, compare it to what the price should have been, and you'll know if it's feed weed or not. Instead of making excuses and trying not to get them the money, try to figure out ways to get them the money. Because the fact is, northeastern Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, all got hammered by untimely moisture during harvest. And anybody in agriculture knows we need rain all the time, but not during harvest. That's the worst time to get now, on the USDA front, Senator, uh, uh, we have made a little progress, I see, in the Senate Agriculture Committee. Nominee Vilsack, former Secretary Vilsack, uh, has, uh, that is officially moving forward out of uh, Senate Ag, it looks like. Um, then we have, of course, uh, uh, department heads uh, within USDA. Um, is this, obviously, you've worked with uh, Secretary Vilsack in the past. Uh, ha- have you communicated with them on this already, or what is that going to look like time-wise, uh, trying to address this specific issue. It, it, it will be interesting to see when Secretary Vilsack is sent out of committee and when he's brought to the floor, I should say, acting, uh, uh, not acting, uh, the person who's been nominated to uh, uh, the secretary. He was secretary in the Obama administration. I think that the challenge is moving forward, and I, and I will just say this. Uh, I think he has been there before. He's somebody that I worked with before, and I, he's somebody that I can work with again. I think the challenges out there for production ag is, is the, is the, is the uh, consolidation in the ag industry. And uh, I'm going to tell you that I want an ag secretary that's willing to get more competition so capitalism works, so that, that the farmers aren't, and ranchers aren't getting hung out by uh, no competition in the marketplace and no competition on the input side either. Uh, it, it is, I read an article recently that this last year, farmers' uh, income, 39% came from the federal government. That should scare everybody. That's not the way the situation should work. We need to have markets. We need to have competitive markets. We need to make sure that when folks put the best grain and the best cattle and the best hogs and the best pulses on the market, that they get the best price. And and right now, um, I don't think that's happening because of the lack of competition in the marketplace. The Ag Secretary can do something about that in concert with the Department of Justice, and they need to do it. It's one of the reasons that that I'm pushing hard to make it so small packers can sell across state lines because I think it adds more people to the marketplace for the cattle industry. And I will tell you that the cattle industry is in a world of hurt right now. And if we don't do something at the federal level to help promote that, and it's the same thing with the grains and the pulses and everything else, uh, if we don't do things to help promote profitability, Without that taxpayer support that's been so incredibly high over the last year, I think we're making a big mistake. Now, also, we, we saw um, President Biden release a uh, immigration plan, but also with uh, in those same actions, we also saw him pull back the final H-2A guest worker regulation, final rule that uh, the Trump administration had just finalized. Uh, talking with producers this week on the on the vegetable end of things, on the sheep end of things, this is a big concern for them. Uh, we saw a lot of progress last year in February with the House passing the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, then the world changed. Um, what, uh, what work are you going to be addressing when it comes to the H-2A program to make sure that our sheep, our potato, all, all sectors of agriculture have that uh, reliable legal workforce? 
Well, I, I will tell you that there isn't anybody involved in agriculture that doesn't understand that these workers are very, very important to agriculture. Not everybody uses them, but we understand that they're very important. And you pointed that out already, Lane. Um, we are in the middle of a pandemic. There is uh, what is believed right now to be a highly communicable strain of, of uh, coronavirus in South Africa and in England. That's why there's a travel ban in both places. And I will tell you that I think there needs to be more science to, to make sure that the vaccine works on them, because we certainly don't want to go through what we went through the last nine months again. Uh, and then uh, there are other ways we can do this. And we're working with the administration and, and, and the stakeholders on this to figure out if there's some way we can quarantine folks for a period of time, if they test negative, and then test them again before they come in the U.S. I think there's ways to crack this nut. Uh, but it's going to take some different ways of thinking. And let's just assume for a second that this, this strain of the coronavirus is as communicable as what folks are saying right now. Then we have to take the, the right precautions. And I think most of the folks in agriculture feel that that's important too. We don't want to have this economy shut down for another nine months. We want to make it keep going and make sure the vaccines work. And it's just a matter of putting our shoulder to the wheel right now because time is of the essence on this and try to find something that works for everybody. Well, and just uh, maybe expanding on uh, those guest workers, the legal guest workers through the H-2A program, I mentioned that bipartisan bill, that Farm Workforce Modernization Act, that passed the House last year, uh, Zoe Lofgren of California, a Democrat and a Republican, Representative Dan Newhouse, a farmer from Washington, were, were some of the, the key leaders on that. Um, and I, I, looking at it, it was going to be tough to pass the Senate. But what is going to have to occur in the next two years in this current Congress to maybe address and finally look at farm labor again for the first time in many decades and, and get a solution to it? Well, look, I think everybody's eyes are on the pandemic and on the economy. And I do think we need to get that behind us before we can have a reasonable discussion about what goes on for farm workers in particular and just about any other issue, too, as far as that goes. So the focus is on distribution of vaccine. The focus is trying to get this economy back for the people who need it, make sure they have the support, whether they're small businesses or unemployed folks. But then I think it's just a matter of taking a bill to, to the committee floor, uh, getting, a, getting a proposal out there, taking it through committee, getting public input, getting bipartisan support, getting that bill to the floor and voting on it. I think if we're able to do that, that's the process the forefathers set up. I think we can come up with a piece of legislation that works for agriculture that works for rural America, that works for this country. And, and, uh, and that's how it needs to happen. Uh, take that bill that was over in the House, for example. You don't need to you know, write a new book here. They've got it. Bring it over here. Put it in, put it in the Ag Committee and any other committee that is applicable to that. And, and let's, let's, get, let's get public input. Let's find out what's right, what's wrong with that bill. Let's figure out how we can make it better. And then kick it out of committee, get it to the floor, and then vote up or down. Um, I, I want to talk to you about broadband. I know you uh, discussed that yesterday um, uh, up, up in D.C., but first, uh, climate change has been, or climate, excuse me, has been a very big topic uh, during the uh, 2020 election, and also this week with uh, President Biden announcing uh, uh, new, new uh, plans and um, orders when it comes to climate, climate policy. Uh, he made it very specific yesterday in a statement saying he wants to collect input from farmers, ranchers and all stakeholders on how to encourage them to be a part of that climate discussion. Um, what, what I guess, uh, and with that, uh, Eastern Montana, um, there's a lot of uh, upset producers in rural parts of the state, of course, over the halting of construction on the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, what, what is your message to producers 
and people that live in these rural communities that were maybe looking at those dollars to help with their school districts, with their county courthouses and programs. Uh, I, I guess, the, what, what's your message to them on, on the pipeline at first? Well, look, I've supported the pipeline for the last 10 years. Uh, I've had two caveats as long as it's done safely and respect private property rights, uh, then it needs to move forward. It's the safest way to ship oil. Uh, and, and I still believe in that. I, I think that uh, my message is, is that we're going to continue to work with stakeholders and try to get that pipeline done. I have never understood why this is the point of the spear as far as anything that has to do with climate. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. There are hundreds, if not thousands of pipelines that run across that border. On, on the climate front, as far as uh, the role that agriculture can play, um, what the president said yesterday, I think is, is a good sign. Let's go out, get information. Let's listen to people. Let's figure out how production agriculture can help solve this uh, climate issue because it's real um, and, and, and move forward with something that works for uh, production ag. And, uh, and so I, I hope that this happens. I hope that we're out there listening to folks. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of concern that anything we do is going to shut down the economy. I don't agree with that, by the way. I think there's things we can do that help promote more jobs, promote more economy. And I think Montana is ideally set up to take advantage of it. But it all starts with listening. And so uh, uh, I, the president said it yesterday, uh, we'll make sure he does it. We'll push him to do exactly that. Because I think if you're talking to people on the ground, you're getting some pretty darn good input on where we need to go when it comes to climate. And finally, as I mentioned, broadband, I was listening to KMON 560 this morning. That's our flagship station for the Western Egg Network. And Pat and Randy in the morning uh, were, were talking about uh, uh, your, your comments yesterday on broadband. I mean, my folks just moved into a, a new house uh, near Lewistown, new, a new uh property just east of town and they can't even get broadband yet their neighbors a quarter mile down the road have it um that's frustrating to me as a farm broadcaster that when i go visit my folks i'm, I'm up at 4 a.m doing radio um what 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 do we need to look look at with broadband especially during this pandemic we've seen where there's been a a real need for broadband uh how do we prepare for the case of uh, increasing the access to this well, Lane, you're exactly right. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need to make an investment in broadband. So th there's a couple things. Uh, there, there's The mapping needs to be better so we don't overbuild on people who already have broadband and that we get service to folks like your parents and a whole lot of other folks out there that have no service. There's about four or five different agencies from USDA to FCC to NTIA to all sorts of folks that deal with, with, with uh, putting, putting cable in the ground. And, and we need to get some way to get those folks together so that they're talking to one another so we don't have this overbuilt. But the point is this. I don't care if you're a farm broadcaster or a small business person or somebody who's trying to market your, your, what you raise. That, that broadband, that access to the Internet is critically important in the 21st century. Look, I get frustrated as anybody with computers. They drive me crazy. But the truth is, if you don't have them, you're left out in the cold when it comes to economic opportunity. And that isn't even bringing in education or healthcare or all the other things that broadband can help with. So we need to really make a focus to get those maps out because they're incomplete and, they, and we passed a great bill last year to get them up to snuff. And then we need to focus on getting the money in there to those folks like your parents who don't have the service and, and then make sure that that happens. We're putting billions of dollars a year into broadband, and I think it needs to be spent correctly or it's a waste of money. The other thing that kind of adds to this, and it's, it's a good news, bad news thing, is, is that 
a guy by the name of Elon Musk, the person who built the Tesla cars and putting the ships up in, the, in the space, has got a lower orbital uh, uh, process going on. And Montana, by the way, is part of the areas they're using on it for access to broadband. If that turns out to be true, that's good news because it's a whole lot cheaper. And, it's a, and, and if it's more effective, it can be a lot better than the cable. And so we've got to kind of weigh that in too, because it's a heck of a lot less money. And if you get the same service, what the heck, that might be, the, that might be what the future is in broadband. Yes, I have a few friends that are enrolled in that and, and our, our test subjects, I guess you can call them for that. And they said it works great. There are some kinks to work out. But uh, if that Tesla technology and other technologies can follow, that would be a boon to the industry. It would be. It would be really good news for rural America, I'll tell you that. Well, Senator, uh, again, I know it's a very uh, busy, tight day and schedule out there in D.C. Any last comments you would just like to share with our listeners and viewers here today? You know, it's a, it's a starting of the new administration. Uh, they're getting their feet on the ground. Uh, we're going to continue to push them to do by, right by rural America and, uh, and the country as a whole. And uh, there's a lot of work to do. All right. Again, thank you so much to Senator John Tester for joining us. Thanks, Lynn. And friends, that will do it for this agriculture conversation on the Lancast Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Nordblund. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Lanecast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Lanecast.